Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Kettering Baptist Church. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. I want to call your attention uh, to the gospel according to Luke. and uh, Luke chapter 24, we'll begin our reading at verse number 1. The word of the Lord reads, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came, to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Luke chapter 24, as we read this very familiar story in your hearing and I know that you have heard it many, many times before. And so it is my time this morning to see if we can dig into the text and find out what does God have to say on this particular day as we examine this particular passage. What I've also come to realize, and which is becoming somewhat alarming to me, is that I believe in this postmodern generation. We have come to a place in time where this day and this event is losing its significance and is being, how do I say, crowded out by so many other things. I believe that we have become so self-indulgent, so self-absorbed, so narcissistic in our mentality of life that that we have gone to the place where we've placed more emphasis on the day than we have on what happened on the day. I was searching my scripture and I was looking for the place where the egg dying came in. I don't have no problem with you dying Easter eggs and rolling them hot and all that kind of stuff. But what I want us to do is come back to the significance of the day. The significance of this day happens to be that on this occasion that we celebrate the resurrection of the King of Kings 
and the Lord of Lords and all of creation and all of mankind's eternal destiny was changed on this day. Luke writes from the perspective of showing Jesus Christ as very man. Read throughout Luke's gospel, he takes great detail and expounds upon in great detail the incidents and occurrences of the humanity of Christ. He is indeed very man. The interesting thing about that is when we look at this whole idea of resurrection is that Luke helps us to understand that the resurrection was the resurrection of his pneuma, which is a Greek word that means spirit. But what is critically important for you and I to know is that it wasn't the resurrection of his pneuma, but it was the resurrection of his summa, sarke, flesh. Pastor, why is that important? Well, that's important for you and I because we need to understand that we're not just going to be resurrected spirits floating around. But we're going to be resurrected in new bodily form. Y'all with me? Now, that's critical. That's important for you to know. Now, as we dig into this text, I I want to talk to you from the subject matter. Remember his words concerning the resurrection. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 1, it says, Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. Now, what these women, in this first uh, point that I want to pull out of this text, is if we forget uh, his words concerning the resurrection, we will be like these women uh, rushing to a tomb with prepared spices. This, this process that these women are involved in is a, the ritual uh, Jewish custom in the preparation of the body. Uh, burials typically take place within 24 hours. It's done very rapidly. The body is considered holy, it's cleaned, it's prepared, it's wrapped in white garments, and it is put in a tomb um, and covered and sealed with a stone. Uh, that would have been the, the, the custom and the culture of the time. Now, because these women did not have a chance to completely um, address the body needs and the cultural needs, uh, on the first day of the week, at the immediate conclusion of the Passover, these women rise up early in the morning. And with great diligence and great perseverance, they press their way to the tomb with spices. Now, What I need you to understand is that the whole purpose of the spices is just to cover the smell of death. If we forget the words that he said to us concerning his resurrection, we will find ourselves just like these women rushing with great diligence to cover the smell of death. Instead of us trusting in the forgiving compassion of Christ, that is brought and made available to us because of his death, burial, and resurrection, we'll try to cover our own sin with lies. Let me take you back. Adam and Eve took of the fruit that was in the midst of the garden, and God said, you're not supposed to eat of that. And when they took of the fruit that was in the midst of the garden that God said, you're not supposed to partake of, God came to Adam because he left him responsible. And he said, Adam, what have you done? And Adam lied right away. He said, it wasn't me. It was that woman. 
was that woman you gave me. He immediately tried to cover up the smell of death that was upon him because the wages of sin is death. And when the moment when he entered into sin, death came. And don't you know that the smell of death will rise up into the nostrils of God. And what Adam tried to do is cover the smell of death with a lie. But it did not cover up the smell of sin. But by the grace of God, even before Christ came, I wish I had time to deal with this. Even before Christ came, God in his great compassion for mankind, he covered the sin of man by an offering of an animal that he slew. And he covered them up because they were naked and they were now ashamed. See, before sin... There was, they were naked and not ashamed, and there was no shame because there was no stench of death. But after sin, now there's the stench of death, and God, by his grace, covered it up with an offering, an animal that was slain, that they might have clothing, that they might cover themselves up. And ever since then, up until the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, the only thing man had was a covering for sin. But here we are today still trying to cover the smell of death. We're we're, we're lying to cover our personal sins, but in, in our legal system, we're constituting and developing and passing laws that say it's all right to sin. Sin that's contrary to the word of God, contrary to the God who saved us, as a country established us on the word who founded us and on whose prayers even the Congress and the Senate rely. Y'all still with me? Verse 2 says, But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, and then they went in and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments and they were afraid they bowed their heads um, to the earth to them and here they are in the middle of the tomb these women who have gotten up early um, with great diligence and perseverance that they might go and prepare this body of the lord Um, they watched him on um, on Friday, on Good Friday, they watched him um, be beaten. They watched him be nailed to a cross. They watched him when they stretched him wide. They watched him when he said, I thirst. They watched him when they pierced him in the side. They watched the blood and the water come streaming out of his side. They watched when they took him down and they laid him and his body was limp. They watched when Joseph came and picked him up. They watched his limp body. They know he was dead. But can you imagine the perplexity? That they experienced after getting up early in the morning at the close of the Sabbath. And they rushed with all diligence to the tomb. And on their way there, they saw that the door was open. They saw that the tomb's uh, rock had been removed. The stone had been moved away. And after even getting to that place, uh, as curiosity overtook them, they went inside the tomb. Can you imagine the perplexity when you get inside the tomb and your Savior, not just any man, not just any woman, the holy man, the holy son of God, you go in and you know his body was there. You saw when they put him in the tomb and you get inside and you look where he was laying and he's not there. And, 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 and one of the gospel authors says, um, his, the napkin that they had placed over his face was neatly folded and put in place as if he got up without a struggle at all. As a matter of fact, he gave such attention to perfection that he folded the napkin when he got up. Can you imagine the perplexity when you get to that place and you find out 
he's not here. But, but here in our second point, as we look at the perplexity when, uh, when you forget uh, what he said about his resurrection, the, there's a perplexity when you don't find the body. When you go to the place where you know he should have been and his body's not there. When, 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 when they got there and they're standing inside the tomb, the, the Bible here says that they were perplexed. But what I see in the world in which we live is that there are a lot of people that are perplexed because they can't find Jesus where he ought to be. See, they've, they've taken the prayer out of schools. They've taken the Bible out off the agenda. They've taken um, the Ten Commandments out of the courtroom. They've, they've removed religion from the workplace. They, they're doing a good job at killing Jesus. And can you imagine their perplexity when they get to the place where they know they killed him and he still shows up? But society thinks that they have done a good job at killing God. You can't kill God. The more you press him down, the higher he rises up. Here we are and realizing that we live in the midst of a world who thinks that they have confined God to a box. Can you imagine their perplexity? When they go to the box where they know they put him, open the box and I'll be. He done got out of the box. I'm not just going to talk about society in which we live because the church has put them in a box too. Matter of fact, we, we've, we've, we've organized and systemized our services such that we have a praise and worship time. We don't want you coming out. Don't be coming out in the middle of the preaching. Don't come out in the middle of the service. Don't come out in the middle of the offering because we don't want you to see what's going on. We got them in a box too and we think we have killed them to a certain degree. But can you imagine the perplexity when he shows up? <laughs> and he's still alive. And he's not in the place where you thought you left him. Now, now watch this. What, what I like about this text, what I like about this whole idea of these women going back to cover the smell of death and not finding the body there and being perplexed about it is because in the same vein, the devil knew that you and I were dead and we had the stench of death on us. And he knows exactly where he buried us. Let me, let me tell you what I'm talking about. For some of you, he buried you in lying and you've got a problem with lying. You just lie all the time. Some of you, he buried in stealing. Y'all steal, y'all will steal the hair off of a pig's back. You, you steal everything. He got you in adultery. He got you in fornication. He's got you in, 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 in malice and anger and frustration. He's got you in unforgiveness. But can you imagine the perplexity of Satan when he comes and finds out that I remembered what he said about the resurrection? And when he comes back, I'm not there. I'm no longer bound. I'm not enslaved to the enemy anymore. I've been set free. Can you imagine his perplexity? These women come to the tomb. They, they're trying to cover up this smell. They, they're working diligently. They get there, and they're perplexed because the body is gone, and they, they're wondering, what can we do? What can we do? What's going on? And they meet these two men in the tomb. Verse 4 says, two men stood there in shining garments. These would be understood to be angelic beings, and they're standing there in the tomb. And these men begin to um, share with them, and they, as they're afraid, and they bow themselves, verse 5 says, and their faces to the earth in a, in a position of adoration or worship. And they said to them, that is, the, the angel said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Why is it that you're in the graveyard 
looking for life. And verse 6 says, he is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. He told you, he said, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. He must be crucified, and on the third day, he would rise again. Remember what he said. A third point here is when we forget the words that he spoke of his resurrection, we will find ourselves pursuing life in dead places. This question that is raised here in verse number 5, It's quite unusual, but yet it is penetrating. Why do you seek the living among the dead? I I believe the reason is because they forgot what he said about his resurrection. That he would rise again on the third day. Why are you in a dead place looking for life? Now, don't don't beat up on these women too bad because guess what? We do the same thing. Jesus Christ said to us, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except by me. Y'all remember that? But when we look for life, we don't go to Jesus. Um, girlfriend, you know what you need to do? You need to go out. You know such and so places having happy hour. Come on, go with me. We're going to have a good time. We're going to experience life. We're going to live it up. My, my brothers, don't, 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 don't think I'm going to leave y'all alone. Um, we, 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 we call each other up, man. What you doing? Ain't nothing. We're chilling, man. Chilling. <laughs> Come on, hang, hang out with me, man. We're going we gonna to chill together, but we're going to chill, and we're going to really set this town on fire. We're going to light it up. We're going to live it up. We're going to have some good time. We're going to drink a little bit. We're going to sip a little bit. We're going to chase a little women. We're going to do a little this, a little that, thinking that that is life. But why are we looking for life in dead places? Why are you looking for Jesus in places where he is not living? Why seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen from the dead. You're not going to find him in this tomb anymore. On the third day, he got up and gave Joseph his tomb back. But I'm going home to be with the Lord. I'm going home to be with my father now. To sit on the right hand of God. (laughs) As I shared earlier, he got up in a fleshly body. Now those of you who have any idea and have read the prophetic Psalm 22 of his uh, crucifixion, you understand how they beat him, how they brutally mutilated his body. Um, the Passion of the Christ gives us a, a, a visual pictorial of, of possibly some semblance of what he went through. But if you had seen what he went through, you would not possibly believe that that body could get up again. But that body got up and gathered the blood and took the blood up to his father. 
offered the blood that was pure and was righteous and was the only substitutionary offering that could clean us of our sin. And he offered it to God the Father and the Father accepted it and said, have a seat on my right hand because your work is truly done. Let me help you with this one. When, when, when Jesus died on the cross... If I can remember what he said, it'll help me to understand that I'm no longer have a need to cover up sin. Because, watch this, from Genesis 3, 2, when, when sin entered the world, all the way up to the point when Christ offers his blood, guess what man had to do? Cover sin. When Jesus went into that grave and on that third day when he got up, because he got up, he took away sin. What he did was he washed you of your sin. Now I don't need to cover it up with spices anymore. I don't need to be perplexed that he's not here anymore. Because he got up on the third day, he cleaned me of all my sin. The text says in verse number 8, and they remembered his words. When the angels laid out this proclamations, they, they all of a sudden remembered the words of Jesus. But now watch this. He goes from here and where I was over in chapter 27 of Matthew. They went to the tomb. He wasn't there. He had already gotten up. The Bible says that those graves that opened up. Let me back up a minute for those of you who weren't there on Friday. Friday night, there were four simultaneous events that occurred at his death. At the instance of his death, four things happened at the very same time. The Bible says that the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. The earth quaked. The rocks split. That is, those rocks that covered up tombs. The graves were opened up. All four of those things happened simultaneously when Christ died. At the instance of his death, all those four things happened simultaneously. Now, on the day of his resurrection, many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep, not all the saints who had fallen asleep, but many of them, a select group of saints, they're getting up out of the grave and they're walking the streets of Jerusalem. And verse 53 says, and they're coming into the city and they showed themselves to many after Christ's resurrection. Now, can you imagine for a moment, we just buried Joe last week. And we know Joe was dead. And according to Jewish tradition, after four days, you showed up dead. Can you imagine you buried Joe two weeks ago, a week ago, and now all of a sudden, here comes Joe walking the street in a new body, talking about, hey, I said, Joe, I thought you died of cancer. No, I've been resurrected. I've got a new body. I've got a, a wait a minute, this, this carnal has put on immortality, this Flesh has put on a new flesh. I've got a new flesh. I've got a new body. And I'm showing myself to the people in Jerusalem. I'm trying to help you understand something. The If we remember what he said about the resurrection, you will comprehend and understand that this flesh that we currently have is daily perishing. But the Bible says it this way. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ, will rise up. We shall be changed. This mortal must put on immortality. And death is swallowed up in victory. And the question is that death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? I remember he said, I'm getting up on the third day. And I remember he got up with all power in his hand. I remember what he said about the resurrection. He said, no one can take my life. This is what he said. He says, but I lay it down. 
and I'm going, only me, I'm going to pick it up on the third day. He says, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up again. I remember what he said about the resurrection. So I don't have to waste the rest of my days trying to cover up the stench of death. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Hi, Don Crow here for WAVA, and we're partnering with the Bible League International on...